So at the end of the last episode, Nigel, we'd got to SMA, and I'm not talking about baby milk, right? I was getting excited. This is something different. This was about goal setting, and you basically tell us that you don't like SMART goals, you don't like that acronym, and you were giving us your smarter version. We got to S, M, and A. So do you want to give us a quick, very quick recap of what SMA are, so that we actually manage to get through the other three before the end of the episode? And there's five, but that's okay. So it's got to be specific. It's got to be really targeted to what you want. It's got to be motivational. It's got to be attainable in your mind's eye. And if it's not attainable in your mind's eye, it's not going to happen. So the R, which is key, it, we don't want realistic goals, which is what it used to have for. We want relevant goals. So relevant for me in my state right now, having had my clearance of health, is to really get my body in shape, is to be really fit and healthy. So it's relevant for me to look after my health. A number of years ago, when I was at my healthiest ever, it wasn't relevant for me, so I didn't really take care of that. It was about having more fun in my life. But what's relevant for me right now is my health and fitness. The T is really key because it's about being trackable, not just by me, but by at least five other people. Or if I really go big and I make a declaration to all the podcast listeners, I'm now going to be tracked by everyone who's listened to this because my target is 50 pounds in four and a half months. And there's going to be a whole people going, that's too soon, it's too fast, and all the rest. I'm not disputing any of that, but that's my target. And maybe I stretch it to five months, but that's my goal. It's very specific. I'm, I'm motivated because my son's getting married in August. It's attainable because I've been that way before and I have the suit ready. It's relevant and it can be tracked by everyone who's listening to this. Do you know, it's really interesting what you've just said, there, though, about making a, a public declaration. Because I have this, certainly for me, I believe that if I make a public declaration about what I'm going to do, that is such a huge motivator to keep me doing it. Yeah, if I tell other people, this is what I'm trying to achieve, watch me. On the days when I'm thinking, oh, I'm not sure I can be bothered, I've already told everybody, well, watch me, right? So it's really, really hard to back down and go in a different direction. And so I'm a huge fan of that. And the first time we talked a little bit about running in a couple of the previous episodes, um, back in 2012, I decided that I was going to go and run a half marathon. And long story cut short, when I was 12 years old, my dad ran a half marathon. I watched him do it and thought I could never do that because I was like last kid. So in your mind, it wasn't attainable. Absolutely that. I was like last kid to be picked for sport, all that kind of stuff. I can see why. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And um, I met somebody uh, during 2012 that was training for Ironman. And when they explained to me what Ironman was, as in 2.4 miles of open water swim, 112 miles on a bike, 26.2 mile run on the end of it, and you have to finish the whole thing in under 17 hours, or you technically didn't finish. I was like, that's insane, but you look normal. And so if you can do that, maybe I could run a half marathon. So I went home, and I actually signed up for a 10-mile race, first of all, and I put it out on social media that I'm going to do this 10-mile race. Will you sponsor me? No training, no nothing. Now, the first training run I did, you know... Did you get to the end of the road? Well, yeah, I I managed about a mile, but it was like part walk, part run. I was sweating like I'd walked out of the shower. I was breathing like Darth Vader. You know, I was a mess, and I could have so easily gone, 
yeah, I've changed my mind. I don't mind losing the race entry fee. What I wasn't prepared to do was back down in front of all the people. So that, that was losing me. face to the other people because they thought you could do it. They'd started donating to you, etc. I actually think they thought I couldn't do it, which is why they donated to me. Yeah. But it was like, I'm not going to back down. So I think, you know, that trackable in terms of public commitment, I think can go a huge, huge way in terms of keeping us, you know, keeping momentum going. But I want to share a really nasty story that goes with it. You haven't because you're thin and good-looking and fit. But for people to go join Weight Watchers, what's amazing, when you're in Weight Watchers, their success rate is very good. Yep. The tragedy is when you leave the club... You fall off a cliff. But, and you put more weight back on. Yeah. Because as an organisation, it's very good in tracking your weight. You get your stars, you get your medals, you get weighed in public, you share, you talk about what's working, what's not working. And then when people reach their goal, which is how we started this whole podcast, they then think, let's celebrate. And we normally celebrate with the stuff that got us into trouble. Yep. So I want to add the last two letters of smart to make it smarter. Is it enjoyable? Because if it's not enjoyable and it's painful, which is why so many people give up the gym too early, people stop doing it. So am I going to enjoy this? I've got to find a way of enjoying it. And the way I'm going to enjoy it is my R, which is a reward. Okay. So if there's a reward at the end of it, not chocolate, by the way, if there's a reward and I like pens... You sure not chocolate? Yeah, I know. I've got a lot of chocolate I've in my fridge. I've seen you in the fridge. I know. <laughs> but if the, if the reward can be a pen, and I like Mont Blanc pens, or another watch, because I like watches, as soon as I finish my goal, I'm going to want to set another goal because I quite liked it. And when I wrote my first book... I had many rewards. So when I wrote the first chapter, the family went to Centre Parks. When I got halfway through the book, we went a week to Tenerife. And when we finished the book and it was published, we went to Florida for two weeks. My daughter, um, the minute we arrived in Florida, went, when are you writing the next book? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's that concept that if there's a reward in place you're going to be more geared towards it. Now, there'll be other people who've got different methods. And my, so instead of just being smart, mind smarter, and I'm sure you've got a different concept because, as always, Neil, you always do it differently to me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I actually don't like smart goals either. And so I took it the opposite way. You made it longer, I made it shorter. Of course. Right, so I actually break it down to just S, M, and T. But they are actually the S, M, and the T from smart goals. Okay. So it's specific, it's measurable, and it's time-bound. Okay. Okay, I got rid of the A and the R, because depending on which version of SMART goals you look at, A is very often agreed, okay, and R is realistic. I think if you go for something that's realistic, you limit yourself in terms of your potential. And I think if it has to be agreed by somebody else, it's not really a goal for you. Any goal that has to be to do with someone else, because I really would like to marry Cindy Crawford. I just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> Hopefully no one else would listen to this bit and tell my wife. But I quite like Cindy Crawford. In order for me to marry her, she's got to get divorced. I could have a goal that was to marry a Hollywood actress, which without having me specific, at least it doesn't rely on someone else being involved. Yep. But if your goal is based on someone else's joining you and they don't want that goal then it's, you're never going to get there. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I have to say, that's the first time I've heard your smarter, or at least I think it is, it's certainly sunk in more than if I have heard it before. And I really like it. And in particular, I like the last bit. One of the big things that I'm very clear with people, if I'm talking about planning outcomes, project planning, all that kind of stuff, is how are you going to celebrate? And one of my little things I do every day, literally every single day... Do I day, want to hear this? Yeah. Okay. 
in in way of celebration. It is. I don't know where your head was going, but this is I very different. I left the room there just for um, the record. But and actually, you mentioned Mont Blanc pens. For me, I use a Mont Blanc pen for this because I make it into a bit of a ceremony. Okay, um, I've got a notepad from a company called Elvis and Creasy, Ooh. who. Um, all of this stuff's made out of reclaimed London fire hose. It's incredible. So I've got this reclaimed London fire hose notepad. I mean, it's totally over the top in terms of the price of a notepad, but it makes the thing feel special. I've got my Mont Blanc pen, and at the end of every single day, I sit down and I write things I'm grateful for for that day. And that's like a little mini celebration every single day. And isn't it amazing that if you woke up every day with things that you were grateful for, what would your life look like? And most of us only just say things we hadn't done off our to-do list. So on the next podcast, I'm going to talk about to-do lists because my to-do list and goal-setting plan to-do list is different to everyone else's in the world because I want to make life really simple for our listeners that they actually start doing things in alignment with their goals so they can be in alignment with their big mission. And then we'll talk about people's vision, which is a much bigger subject. Okay, if we're going to do to-do this, can we do to-done lists as well? Okay, we can do that, but I think what we need to make sure is that we've got enough time to explain what a to-do list actually is. Because most people's to-do list doesn't work. Do you know why? Why? So do you have a to-do list? Not as much as I used to. Okay, so most people who have a to-do list have one to ten things. If you really want to get a great to-do list, only work on number one. Yep. So you work on number one, and when it's finished, what do you work on next? The new number one. You cross in number two and make number two number one. Yep. And then you find out if it's important. Because otherwise, number seven never gets done. Yep. I'm, I, we're, we're aligned on this. I mean, For I, the first time in 2019, <laughs> Neil and Nigel are aligned. I, I actually like the Kanban board method, which is something that came out of Toyota and their manufacturing processes, but it's very much along the same kind of lines. And maybe we'll explore that as we go into to-do lists on the next episode. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I don't. we haven't had a buzzer go off yet. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if we're on time, up to time, or if we just forgot to set the buzzer. But either way around, let's wrap this episode up here. On the next episode, we'll talk about to-do lists and variants thereof. Um, And if you're loving everything that you're hearing so far, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast because then you will get access to it first. And also, if you really love it, then give us a review, um, preferably in iTunes. Even if you're on Android, you can still leave a review in iTunes on your computer. And um, that helps us to get this to more people's ears. See you next week.